My name is Propaganda. I do poetry and hip hop. Uh, kind of developed about uh, out of like a, a desire to um, kind of, if anything, speak and master like the language of the broken, you know, and, um, and take whatever gifts, the, the collection of gifts and talents the Father has given me, and um, use them for His glory. And uh, step one of that is sacrifice, understanding that you're not first. Well, sacrifice means to me. Um, I think if I were to boil it into a sentence, it's as simple as um, esteeming others higher than yourself. And I think it's important for our generation to, to learn, and I would say love sacrifice. Uh, the, the short answer is because Christ did. You know, I think that's the short answer. Um, we take our cues from Jesus, and he loved it, and uh, so should we. If, if, if we all function selfishly, it's, it's the demise of the culture. It, it's, it's the end of, of and I'm going to be that grandeur, it's the end of humanity as we know it. If, if, we, if we don't elevate um, others, if we, don't, if we see ourselves as islands, if we see ourselves, if we see the world through a very selfish lens, um, it's, it's the death of us. In any social interaction, uh, the environment can potentially be hostile because we're trying to protect the little bit that we think we own, you know, and it, it just makes for a, an awful world to live in. So I think primary cause, we appreciate sacrifice and we love sacrifice because Christ did, and secondarily because it, it's, what, it's what keeps humanity ticking. All right, how's everybody doing this morning? All right, cool. Uh, you saw the video there, that is propaganda, pr pretty well-known uh, hip-hop and spoken word artist, and he loves Jesus, which makes him a pretty powerful character in the world, and we've used a lot of his stuff down in student ministries world, and uh, so I'd encourage you to check out some of his videos on YouTube, they can be very challenging, very encouraging. That one in particular, talking about living a life of sacrifice, living a life that's other-centered, and really, when it comes down to it, living a life that follows in the footsteps of Christ. And we're going to be getting into that a little bit today, but first, if we've never met, my name is Justin. Nice to meet you guys. Good to see you. And uh, I wear a couple different hats around here. I'm the student ministries director at Northridge, but I also, most Sunday mornings, I'm down in Saline uh, at the campus down there, Northridge Saline, uh, providing some leadership there. So missing them this morning, but glad to be with you guys today, and, and we're going to jump in. I'm, I'm a bit of a transition for you between summer and fall. Brad will be back next week. You saw the Origin Series promo. They're going to be solid. They were able to uh, capture some more video on their Israel trip this past spring, and so I know Brad's pumped to bring that to you guys. And if you weren't here last year, just an incredibly challenging, powerful series as we dive into some of the context of, context of Scripture. So hopefully you come back for that, bring some friends and family with you. Uh, but today, I want to share uh, a truth and really a passage that has messed with me for a long time. And uh, it's one of those things where, um, for me as a pastor, I, I interact with all kinds of different people, whether it's student ministries or the campus. I interact with people of all different ages. Uh, down in, at the Sling campus, a, a couple of people that always come to mind. Uh, we've got a sixth grade boy that I've known since he was second or third grade, and he, he's our egg boy. I, I don't know, when, when it's chickens, I don't know if you call him a herd or a flock or whatever, but he's got chickens and he brings eggs every week and I buy them from him because uh, they're cheap and they're good. Uh, and then we've got uh, a lady that I affectionately refer to as Grandma Lucy. She is one of the first people you see when you come in the door, always ready to give you a handshake or a hug. 
but she's a lady who, she, she tried out being a student ministries volunteer for a couple weeks to see if that was a place that she could jump in. It wasn't the best fit for her, but uh, <laughs> it was hilarious to see her go for it, and she's just a great lady. And so whether it's kids or adults, grandparents, one thing that I'm very passionate about is seeing people of all ages get it. Now, when I say get it, I mean people taking something that they've learned, some, some truth that they've acquired, some experience they've had on the inside, and seeing them translate that to the outside, into action. That could be uh, something really big, like a baptism. You saw, hopefully you were here for our baptism service a couple weeks ago, where over 300 people uh, obediently followed Christ in baptism. Absolutely. I hope... I hope this for me, I hope this for you, may we never get used to that kind of thing happening. Hopefully that never becomes routine for us because really what's happening is they're taking a relationship that has, has begun in their heart, something that's happened on the inside, and they're saying on the outside, I want to live this. I want this to translate into my life. I want to obediently follow Christ in, in my daily walk. And so that's a huge thing for someone to experience that and say, I'm going to align myself with Christ in my life. That's a big deal. I love to see people uh, take the step of maybe going on an international missions trip and and taking their their relationship with God to a new level to experience him in a new context and to see him work in a different place and really get outside of their comfort zone and live that out in that way. I've seen people over the years who who are convicted about their time and their priorities and they actually change jobs and, and transition to a new career in order to spend time with their family more. That's a big deal. That's something that is happening on the inside that's being translated into action on the outside. I saw this past week, even uh, a a little family thing with my daughter. She's going to be starting school this week, but she's also been getting the training wheels off of her bike over the last week. And to see her try and grasp those abstract ideas of gravity and balance and it's not daddy's fault if you crash. All, all those types of things that she's trying to figure out and seeing those play out in her and, and take those concepts and understand them in her own you know, five-year-old way and see her play those out onto her bike. It's a big deal. And, and, and the reality is when it comes to getting it, it's proven by action, isn't it? And so no matter what the age, it's tough because the action requires some sacrifice. That's when it comes to giving up our will for someone else's will or for God's will. And in the student ministries world, we see this play out on our weekend retreats that we do every year. We, we have a chance to take the students away to a camp uh, for a weekend every year and it gets them away from their cell phone, away from Facebook, away from mom and dad if that's what they need. And it gets them in an environment where they can experience some interaction, some intense interaction with their peers. They can experience some worship and hear some truth and be challenged to take some steps in their life. And, and many of them in those situations, many of you as you were growing up, that was the time when you chose to give your life to Christ. Maybe, maybe they, they make a recommitment of their life to Christ and many of them walk away wanting to come home to change the world, have an impact in their community. But what we find out is that eventually Monday morning comes and the things that they experienced, the things that they were exposed to, the truths that they heard, the decisions that they made have to be lived out in the real world with real people in real situations. And they discover what many of us have discovered is that being exposed to something, experiencing something, and then acting on that are completely different. Now, we as adults, we don't, we don't get a lot of those weekend opportunities to just disappear and spend time with God and our best friends and, and have a good time. But we have those times when we experience and are exposed to truth and issues and the things around us. Never more 
than today in 2014 because we've got things like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And so the needs and the problems around us in the world are never, have never been more available than they are today. You know, take, uh, you've got the 24-hour news networks, you've got blogs, all these things that we're exposed to. Take the ALS ice bucket challenge over the last few weeks. How many of you guys had to dump water on your head at some point? Yeah, so this thing is spread. And how many people even knew what ALS was beforehand who have been searching for it? I, I, I did some quick research on this. And uh, all the way through July, it, the, the search history of ALS on Google represented, it was in the 17th percentile of all Google searches. In August, it was in the 100th percentile of Google searches. And so this thing spread like crazy. People were, were finding out what it was. They were taking some uh, opportunities to learn about it. But that's, that's how we're, we're exposed to needs and issues now more than ever. And unfortunately, I think that while our exposure to needs and issues has accelerated, our response to those needs hasn't kept the pace. See, I think action comes slowly sometimes. If you need some proof, I'm going to offer you an example. I'm going to ask you to step into my home for a second. Uh, this is, in fact, my garbage can from our kitchen at home. It, it, it's usually a little bit dirtier. My wife found out it was going to be appearing before a few thousand people this weekend, so she uh, sprayed it down, wiped it down a little bit, so that's the best it's looked since the day we bought it, I think. Um, and by the way, I mean, this is just my garbage can. If you're super excited about getting a glimpse into my home, you're officially on creeper suspicion this morning, so not that big of a deal, but this is what we have. So uh, we have this thing in my house. It's, it's become a little bit of a game for us, but it started out as a tension point early in our marriage. Now, I'm sure you guys have these things. Maybe it's the garbage. Maybe it's mowing the lawn. Maybe it's washing the dishes. Whatever it is, I'm sure you've experienced it. Now, for us, it's the garbage, and it's this thing where eventually the garbage can gets full. But nobody wants to take the garbage out. Nobody wants to replace the bag. And so we kind of have this thing. And it's like, um, I don't know if you've played the game Jenga, where you've got the, the blocks and you've got to tap one out and set it on top. It doesn't matter how good you are at the game. Eventually, it's going to reach a tipping point, right? The thing's going to fall over. That's how we play this. And so I've got uh, some paper towel here. You know, I get uh, so sweaty, so, so sweaty, uh, dirty, got to throw it away. Now, here's the rule. This thing's pretty full, tough to get the thing in. I don't have to get this into the garbage can. I simply need it to stay on the garbage can. And so if I can pry the thing open a little bit and I can tuck it into the crack there, if it stays, I'm good. And so this goes back and forth. And my wife thinks she's, she's good at everything. She's athletic. She's smart. And so she thinks she's going to win this thing. And she thinks she's got to the point where she's got stuff sticking out and you cannot open it. Now, I also have some actual garbage from my home. All right? So I'll come along with something big. It, I've had pizza boxes. Those fit neatly underneath the garbage can. It sits it up even higher for you. Easy access. Um, and so I'll come along with something big. And she'll be watching me sometimes and know that She's got me. But then here's what I like to do. Take the lid off, set the garbage on top, and replace the lid back where it came. And I give her a look. I look her square in the eye, and I say, your move, baby. <laughs> and so we have some fun with that. But you guys have, and this, it's a silly example, but this is a reality that we deal with on a regular basis, whether it's garbage or something bigger. This is things that, we, things that we see, things that we maybe walk by every day. Maybe it's things that we're aware of. Maybe things that we couldn't ignore even if we tried. 
Some things are big, some things are little. Sometimes it's things that everyone sees. Maybe it's something that just you see. Maybe we spend our days watching other people add to the problem and maybe we add to the problem ourselves. But whatever it is, it it could be relational, it could be legal, it could be financial issues, it could be family issues, health-related, job-related, what have you. Whatever it is, over time, it piles up and the tension builds. See, because I think the big problem is that we are a culture of observe and discuss. We like to talk, don't we? And we can see this by looking no further than a voter turnout. Okay, a couple years ago, our last presidential election, just over half of the eligible voters showed up to cast a ballot for the presidential election. Just over half. I live in Wayne County, and we had some elections a few weeks back. I'm sure you guys had some in wherever you're coming from. And 17% of eligible voters showed up that day. That means 83% didn't show up. Now, I'd be willing to bet that 100% of voters had something to say over the past year about uh, policies and taxes and politicians. See, because everyone wants to talk about the issues. Everyone wants to complain about what's going on. Everyone has something to say about it. But when it comes down to it, it sounds like only 17% want to show up and actually do something about it. Even in a more serious example, I've, I've seen videos on YouTube of, uh, of children, sometimes orphans or, or kids who are on the street, they get knocked over by a car or get, or get knocked down and they're laying in the curb. And I've seen people step over top of them to continue on with their life. There was a video recently that made some pretty good rounds through the press, uh, even worldwide, of a fast food worker who ended up following uh, a customer home. I, I think they had some previous relationship, but there was some, uh, some tension there, some anger, and the, the fast food employee beat the tar out of this woman as a group of people stood around and captured it on their cell phones. That's the world we live in, and now... Uh, we don't necessarily experience it to that intensity, to that degree, but we are a culture of talking. And us as individuals, as we get older and have more years on this earth, we obtain more authority, more freedoms, more influence, more experience, more resources, a better perspective on life. And yet, what do we do with all of those things? We talk. We overpromise and underdeliver. We talk about everything that should be done, what other people should do with the problems that we see. And when people do respond in some way, we criticize them for how they responded. We're exposed to so much these days, and yet there's not a lot of proof that we get it. There's not a lot of action going with what we see. And when we are exposed, a lot of times we treat it like some Ebola virus where we put up our tarp and we zip the door and we watch from the inside. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of times the people in a position to do the most respond the least. Guys, you know as well as I do, this was not meant to be. That's not how things were supposed to go down. And so as we jump into our passage this morning, hopefully we can walk out of here today challenged to respond a little bit differently to the things that we see around us. So do me a favor, jump to Matthew chapter nine. That's where we're gonna hit this morning. Towards the end, we're gonna hit verse 35. They'll throw it on the screens for you uh, if you don't have a Bible or a a device with you today. Matthew chapter nine, starting in verse 35, and we're gonna dive again into the life of Jesus and his disciples. So many different uh, truths and lessons that come out of their interactions, and today is no different. 
Verse 35 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so Jesus makes his disciples notice the people around them. He says, there's people who are harassed and helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd and all the imagery that goes along with that. And you have to understand that at this point, the disciples had spent quite a bit of time with Jesus already. They had heard him teach. They've seen him heal. They've seen him cast out evil spirits. At this point, they've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. But Jesus seems to be making a concerted effort to draw their attention to the people and the needs and the problems around them. And he says, look at these people. They're real people, real struggles, real problems. Depending on the version of the Bible you have, you'll see words like weary, thrown down, scattered, Obviously, just first century problems, right? Not things that we see today, I'm sure. But he says, notice, take a look, see what's going on around you. But then he continues on, because we can't stop there. We'll hit verse 37 again. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask God, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so Jesus says, it can't just stop at seeing. It can't stop at noticing. What I want you to do is take these needs, take these people before God. Pray. Pray about these problems. Pray about these people. Lift them up. Ask God to step in and help. Ask him to do something. Ask him to show up in these situations. Ask him to send people who can help. It's a big deal. There's big things happening. And a lot of the things that we see, a lot of the things that they were seeing were bigger than them, bigger than they could handle. And so it puts them squarely on God's shoulders and said, God, I want this to be your plan. I want this to be your will. I want it to be your timing. Also helps us see things through Jesus' eyes as we're praying and lifting, lifting these things up to see people in the world through the heart of Jesus. And that's big. Notice Pray, those are huge things, but Jesus continues on, and this is the part I really love because I just feel like he's starting to mess with them a little bit. Uh, Go to chapter 10, verse one, and and I think we miss this type of stuff sometimes when the chapter ends and our reading plan says move on to the next thing, and, and we miss the connection here, but chapter 10, verse one, it says this, Jesus calls the 12 disciples to him and gave him authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal every disease and heal every sickness. Jump to verse six, he says, go to the lost sheep of Israel, and as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like something maybe Jesus has done. And freely you have received, freely give. So Jesus, and I'm a, I'm a sarcastic guy, I like to mess with people, and, and so maybe this is just my bias reading into the story, but I can almost see Jesus interacting with them thinking, I'm just going to totally get these guys. And I think it happens to us too when we get a guy like Harvey Carey who was here this summer and gets us all fired up and we're getting crazy and we're saying our amens, and so I can see Jesus getting all excited saying, disciples, come here, I need you to see people around you, I need to see the needs in the world, amen Jesus, Hallelujah. And I can see him moving on saying, God, I don't want you to notice. I want you to see. I want you to see. I want you to see what's going on. Then I want you to pray. I want you to offer this up to God. Ask him to step in. Amen, Jesus. We're with you. Then he keeps going. He says, by the way, guys, as you're noticing these needs, as you're lifting them up to the Lord, I want you to know that you are the solution. Come again? Say what? 
I think he's got him there. He sucked him right in where he's like, you gotta notice these needs. You gotta pray and offer them up to God. But by the way, you're the solution to these problems. You see, Jesus didn't talk to them and teach them and lead them and sometimes even yell at them so they could stand around and discuss it for centuries. He wanted more. And this is yet another thing that separates Jesus from many of the the teachers and religious leaders of that day where they would sit around and discuss things and put them in scrolls and offer opinions and ideas so that people could debate them for decades and think back on that great rabbi from, from back in 40 AD who had these great thoughts. Let's talk about these. Was he right? Was he wrong? No, Jesus wanted something more. He says to his disciples, you teach, you heal, you cleanse, you love. Everything that you've seen me do, everything that I've done for you, go and do it. Everything I've exposed you to, everything I've drawn your attention to, the needs around you, go and do something about it. See, guys, these aren't just first century problems. These are things that we see today. And if you think I'm here today to just tell you to take out the trash, you're crazy. Talking about sickness, pain and heartache, loneliness, broken families, poverty, bullying, sin, you name it. It existed here, the same thing as they looked into the people's eyes in that crowd way back when. It's the same thing that we see in the people and the lives around us, the same hurts, the same issues, the same struggles. Some are far away. You see them on the news, you see them on a website, but some of them hit closer to home. Some of the issues, some of the needs are things that other people are made aware of, other people are exposed to. Some of them are needs that you are exposed to. And the truth I would love for us to capture this morning is that for the ones that you're made aware of, it's very likely that you have been exposed to the needs and problems around you so that you can be the solution. It's very likely that you've been exposed to the needs and problems around you so that you can be the solution. So that you can do something. So that you can take action. So that you can heal. So you can teach and lead and mentor and care for and provide for. So that you can love. And it starts at home. It starts when you recognize that all your kids need is one place in the world where they can experience grace and patience. It starts when you recognize that all your wife needs is just someone who will listen. And when you notice that all your husband wants and needs is someone to have his back, someone to support him, someone to to be in his corner, it starts when you recognize that the trash needs to be taken out. But it expands from there, doesn't it? It expands to our neighbors as we're we're doing our training runs for a marathon or an obstacle course race or or to our coworkers that we see every day, our our classmates. It starts when when we see needs in India or Columbia or needs around Northridge. The people in Discovery Island right now, the people down serving in our middle school ministry and other ministries around the church, it started by them noticing that something was needed and they stepped in. It spreads to dumping ice water on your head to raise awareness and and encouragement for those dealing with ALS. See, because in in Romans chapter 10, we, we find out that there's a lot more that's expected of us. Romans 10, 14 says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? 
And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Because we find out that whether it's the gospel or healing or stepping into people's lives, God is the one who has the power to do that. But in some way, he's asked us to be involved in the process. He's asked us to help. He's asked us to step into people's lives. And we see it again in, later on in Matthew with the disciples. And uh, I'm, I'm, Many of you have heard the story where Jesus is interacting with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And they, they've been there, for many of them, for more than a day. And, and the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, these people have been here forever. They're getting hungry. We should send them home. And how does Jesus respond? You give them something to eat. I can almost see that same, same reaction of them like, oh. I'm not sure they had gotten it at that point because, of course, Jesus had to step in and take care of business again. But we learn, we grow, we get exposed to the things around us for the purpose of having an impact. So how do we capture that? How do we live this out a little bit better? I think think the first thing that we need to do is we need a solution heart. We need a heart for meeting needs. And this is a change on the inside that has to happen. This is a new mindset because our normal response to needs is observe them, talk about them, discuss them, and then ultimately come to a place where, not me. But this is changing our heart to the point where we think, I am a solution. For me, this isn't something I'm, I'm super good at, but there are different ways that I try to tangibly uh, live this out in my life. One of those ways is on um, uh, international missions trips. Over the years, I've had a chance to uh, visit some different countries, either as a participant or as a trip lead. And so I've, I've found myself in places like Guatemala City and, and South Africa, and, and I've stood on the, uh, the tallest point of the tallest building in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And even this past year, I was leading a trip of college students to Bogota, Colombia, and had a chance looking over some of the largest cities in the world. And, and in Colombia, there's a place on the mountain where you can see the entire city. And I found myself on each of these trips getting a moment alone just to look and observe and process what I've seen, process what I've experienced. And I'll get with God and I'll say, God, do you want me to come back? God, do you want me to stay? Do you want me to bring my family here? Is this a place you have for me? Is this a place where I can be a solution? And that's a scary thing because honestly, I am not Mr. Missionary. Okay, I love going on those trips. I love getting away and seeing God in that context, but I love coming back to my bed And so that's a scary thing, but it's my effort, it's my opportunity to say to God, God, I've seen a lot here. You've shown me a lot. Do you want me to be a solution here? Do you want me to help solve problems here? And it's that change of heart and that change of mind where we can say what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter six, God, here I am, send me. And as our heart changes and our mind changes, then the actions can follow. And so as our heart changes towards that bent, then we're going to see needs. We're going to see them. But what I want you to do next is process those needs through the lens of action. This is seeing versus processing. And for me, it's, uh, it's very similar to that idea of hearing versus listening. And I'll let you back into my home for a second. If there's one thing that Kathy's going to be mad at me for, it's going to be because we spend a few minutes with her telling me something important and I've been focused on something else, and I heard it, but I didn't listen to it. Any guys with me out there? All right? Very common struggle among the male species. But that's my thing, and so it's, there has to be another level there where we see the needs and we, and we notice them, but we have to start processing them. This, this goes with James 2.17. Faith, if it's not accompanied by action, 
is dead. There has to be another level there. It's more than seeing. It's processing those needs and being moved by those needs. Taking action to meet the need and stepping in with truth and encouragement and help. And saying, I'm a solution, but at this moment, what needs to be done? What can I do? It's processing those needs through the lens of action. Then finally, it's the same challenge that Jesus gave his disciples. Freely you've received, now freely give. In what ways have you been gifted? In what areas do you have influence? What truth or wisdom or teaching have you received? What mentoring or provisions? What, what miracles have occurred in your life? Offer those back in return. See, there are times in life when we need to be on the receiving end. We need to grow. We need to learn. We need to heal. I know there's many people around the Northridge world who have come with hurts and pains from past experiences with church and religion. And I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad that you've chosen for whatever reason, to spend your weekends with us and to sit under Brad's teaching week after week. And that's that's important to grow and learn and heal. But those times exist for a purpose so that you yourself can become a problem solver. I want you to keep in mind, as, as that story in Matthew unfolds and we get deeper into chapter 10, we find out that perhaps the tools, the plans, the manpower that you think are necessary to accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish might not be available. See, Jesus sends them out and he says, don't take any extra clothes, don't take any extra money, don't take any extra food, because I think Jesus understood that as time went on and they started acting on the needs that they were seeing around them, the details weren't always going to be taken care of. It wasn't always going to fall into place perfectly. The ducks weren't always going to be in a row. And so I want to encourage you, as you attempt to do some of these things, don't let some of those common roadblocks become an easy no for you. Just start small if you have to. Do something. Talk about it with your friends. Build excitement in your circle of of influence. Create some momentum around this idea. And then together, as you've allowed yourself to to talk about this with people, talk about the, the amazing things that can happen if a solution is found in that situation, the thing that God has laid on your heart. Because guys, we've received so much. Now it's time to act on behalf of others. And the most important part of this entire equation, and I can't let you out of here without talking about this, is that even as we attempt to notice needs, even as we attempt to be a solution, we ourselves have to have experienced the solution that Jesus offers us. Because as we already talked about, God is the source of healing. God is the source of change. God is the source of the solution. And so for us, we have to have a relationship with that God before we can accomplish anything huge. And that's basically this. It's understanding that Jesus was God and he came and he lived a perfect life. Even in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our sin, he lived a perfect life and then died for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be fixed. And if we accept that truth, if we understand that reality, then we can start fresh with forgiveness and grace and we can go on to impact others. So today I'd love to take this opportunity because I don't know where you're coming from, I don't know where you're at, but if you do me this favor, let's just bow our head and close our eyes and if that's you today, if you're someone you need to make that decision, just pray this in the quietness of your own heart. Just say, God, I've tried it my way. It's just not working. God, I need a solution that only you can offer. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. God, I want that solution. And God, from this point forward, help me to love you and live for you. Amen.
Guys, if that was you today, if you made that decision or any other commitment that you're thinking through this morning, if you have prayer requests, do me a favor. You've got your program you received on your way in. There's a perforated tab on the side. And we'd love to get your information. There's a spot at the bottom. You can check the little circle that says, today I prayed to receive Jesus Christ in my life for the first time. Let us know. If there's things you're dealing with, if there's things that we can help you with, we pray about these every week as a staff. We want to come alongside you. We want to put some things in your hands that can help you continue to take steps. Whether you're just beginning a relationship with Christ or you're recommitting yourself to that or you're making some other decision, your family's dealing with something, let us love on you guys a little bit, okay? Throw these in the brown boxes as you leave the auditorium this morning because here's the thing, guys, and we're going to get out of here. It's a holiday weekend. Get you out to the lake or Applebee's or wherever you're going to spend your afternoon. We have an opportunity to be a little bit different. To do what people usually don't do. Instead of just observing, seeing, talking about what we're seeing, we have a chance to be proactive instead of passive. We have a chance to take action when other people would observe and watch. And maybe, just maybe, we can have an opportunity to step into people's lives and offer them the same solution that we've experienced. And do something in the footsteps of Jesus. Let's pray. God, thanks for this morning. Thanks for the incredible time of worship that we had together. God, thank you for the truth of scripture. And may we walk out of here today with a little bit more of a challenge to follow in your footsteps, to see the needs around us. God, to process them in prayer and, and through a heart of action. And then God, ultimately to take some steps to be a solution in the lives around us and the people that we see, our friends, our family, our neighbors. God, maybe the world be changed by the things that we do. Amen. Thanks for coming out today, guys. We'll see you next time.